Welcome to the Leading Deeply podcast. I'm Dr. Joe Albert, coach, consultant, and teacher interested in storytelling and helping people thrive. And I'm Dr. McPherson, a physician and psychiatrist fascinated by neurons and narratives and how people change. Thanks for joining us at Leading Deeply, a space to get curious how individuals and organizations address the undeniable desire we all have for meaning, purpose, and belonging. We want to know how leaders and those aspiring to lead can engage and animate these human needs to cultivate flourishing. Again, welcome to to Leading Deeply with with Beck and Joe. And um, we're excited about our programming this year. It has uh, a focus uh, that's specific, I think, to what a lot of people are seeking in their work and in their lives. And it'll thread throughout each of the, the programs that we offer along with the guests that we interview. And we're excited about it. So I'm gonna invite back just to share a little bit about it, so. Yeah, so it's interesting. I have a lot of clients and patients that have amazing jobs on the surface. They make great money. They're very competent in what they do, but they, still come to me repeatedly saying, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. This isn't what I signed up for. Maybe they're working for a tech company where they felt like they'd be making a big difference and now they just feel like they're selling ads. Um, And it's really made me reflect on these elemental roles of meaning, purpose, belonging, and question what is the role of an organization? to meet these needs. And so, yeah, Joe and I have been talking and trying to make the podcast even more focused. And so we'll be looping meaning, purpose, and belonging and delving into a specific aspect of each one um, per episode and um, trying to shine light on understanding what are the aspects of meaning? What are the aspects of belonging? What are the aspects of purpose? And as leaders, are those things that we can address? trying to understand things like moral injury when our values don't align with what we're doing, um, trying to understand things like burnout, trying to understand things like flourishing. These will be important topics. And so today we're just doing an overview of these topics as they've been experienced by somebody within the HR world. And we look forward to just having a lovely conversation to introduce these topics from an umbrella sort of standpoint and then we'll be going deeper throughout the season and i for years i would do uh when i would present something on on purpose and meaning at work i would um flash a picture on the my powerpoint of a like of a dolphin and i'll say you know you gotta live with purpose and um people would sort of find that funny but as i think about it now i'm realizing i mean it's it's really at the heart of, of when people, my students especially would talk to me and say, you know, I feel like I'm losing my soul at work or it, it feels empty to me. And um, as I track back to that, now those conversations, it's really about these themes of meaning, purpose, belonging, like a lack of, of flourishing really in, in their jobs and their work. And the fact that maybe we can bring in folks that can provide just insight about how to foster that in a, in a culture and a climate in a work organization really makes this exciting for me. And, and I, I think, you know, with, with the, the 
the uh, guests we have today who's, will offer practical application of, of this notion that we're wrestling with. Uh, I just think it's it's going to be an exciting season of of rich and, and insightful and useful uh, sort of conversations. And and again, you know, connecting stories, narrative to it, I will be part of it. But but I think there's just a depth and a focus that uh, that we're both excited about. So uh, we'll see where it goes. But but thank you all for joining us and being part of this journey with us. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Today, we're going to be talking about finding meaning and purpose and belonging um, and actually flourishing in our work and in our lives. And these topics will thread throughout our programs this coming year. We're excited about that. It gives a real focus to them. And our interest really is in how do we animate or sort of activate these these yearnings I think we have for, for meaning and purpose and so forth. And how do we experience belonging in our work lives? There's epidemic sort of research out there on the epidemic of, of loneliness that, that sort of infiltrates our entire society. So today we wanna to focus on bringing some of these, these themes, these yearnings, if you will, to life. And so I'm very excited to have a friend and a colleague as our guest today, Carlene Elliott. Carlene's been an HR professional for over 25 years and companies like Nike, Levi Strauss, and Industrial Light and Magic. She's currently an executive coach. She really works on, on helping people tap into their potential. In addition to her professional journey, she's also a wife, a mom of two daughters, lives in Portland, and serves on the board of Prosperina Mission, which is a nonprofit dedicated to serving at-risk youth in Ecuador. Um, and we're excited to have Carlene here and have her talk a little bit about how she personally has found meaning, purpose and, in her work and also how she's helped create cultures that, that foster that. So, Carlene, thanks for being here today. Thank you. It's so nice to join both of you. I appreciate you inviting me. Yep, we're excited. And as you've probably figured out, we always include an emphasis on narrative or stories uh, with our guests that include accounts of the guest life story that are related to the theme. Would you mind just to share a bit of, of your own story uh, of how that relates to your own journey in terms of finding meaning, purpose, and belonging in your work and in your life? So go ahead. Yeah, happy to, Joe. So I, I think you said 25 years. I was 16 when I started working. I'm kidding. <laughs> I would believe that, actually. So 25 years in HR and boy, it was so coincidental. It was not the place I thought I would find myself for 25 years of my career. How I ended up in it was um, a good friend of mine worked at a temp agency and I needed a job. And she said to me, you know, we can get, we can hire you here. And I went to work there and knew nothing about, you know, interviewing people, placing them in jobs, anything in that space. And as I sat across from people in that work, I found how much they really, one, they needed to work in a lot of cases, and then what they were longing for in work, how they wanted to be seen, how they really wanted to do work that was meaningful and feel like they were contributing and that what they brought was recognized. Mm. And as I started to work and see people be put into different jobs, that I had met and then they call and they'd be so excited 
and you know, and the company would call very excited about the individual and the magic of that and seeing what it was like to connect a human to something in a workforce that was meaningful and served a purpose for them um, and their families was this light bulb moment for me where I really started to understand I, I was driven and really focused on something about the magic of seeing people connect to their work in that way. And so that was kind of the journey that started me into HR. Um, I held a lot of different kinds of roles where first was a recruiter in corporate um, positions. And then I was a business partner and I did some talent management. And in those roles, I continued to come back to this place where I found the magic for me was when you really saw people shine. You saw them um, remove kind of the barriers that held them back from feeling that sense of purpose in their work. And so that for me then led me to coaching. I realized that was truly like where my heart calling was and that whatever I did, it was gonna involve that in some way. So now today I'm a coach, as you mentioned, um, and I love that work. You really get to know people uh, very deeply and you get to work with them on what their aspirations are and their purpose and their meaning. And then I also, um, the other part of my just heart calling and how I get to really see that come to life now is working on the board, as you mentioned, for Prospering Mission, where we support particularly young girls who have limits in their lives and we try to remove some of those limits so they can really flourish and have opportunities to pursue what they're capable of. So those are, that's kind of the journey. It was not where I expected, but I, um, I think that's true for many people, right? You just doors open and you step into them and you realize what that meaning and purpose is really calling you to. Yeah. And I, you're a very values-based, principle-driven person. I know that about you. Mm -hmm. now, when, when somebody, you know, works in an organization where, where you were, would they continue to find meaning and purpose in what they did? Or how did you help foster that with, with employees? Uh, boy, how did I help foster that? I mean, there was a lot of people that I, within my own team, even I think had conversations. I did what a mentor did for me. Let me just start there. I had a mentor who was so fantastic early in my career and said, it's invaluable that you know what you stand for. And you've got to know your values because if you don't actually know them, you're still living values, whether you're intentional about it or not. And so um, I did a lot of work around being very introspective and thinking through what was important to me and really hoped to carry that forward and hold myself accountable to it. And I used it as a guiding light in how I then worked with others or how I led my team. And I was really transparent. I told people what it was. And I said, when I'm not living up to that, I need you to help me be better in it and be accountable for it. And it was such a, um, boy, when things got really tough in my work and I found myself stuck, I could always go back to those values and say, that's what I stand for. It might mean that I'm going to have to go into conflict or into a really challenging um, situation and be a different voice than what maybe um, others are saying, but I'm going to do that. And um, that was not always easy. And I wasn't always perfect at it. That's for sure. You know, I, there were so many times when I think I found myself 
um, forgetting what where I was really grounded in. Um, and so I really worked to, when I was a people leader, to really hopefully instill that and create space within my team to also have that same conversation with them about what they stood for and how we as a team, what we as a team wanted to be known for and embody and carry that forward. Oh, and with, with like the conversations with, with your team members, would that happen at meetings, you know, the whole team or into one-on-one meetings or just practically? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, all really all kinds of ways, Joe. I mean, I think it was, um, it was definitely in one-on-ones. You'd have that conversation with people, especially when you're, you know, you were working with people to coach and mentor them. Um, I remember one time I had, an individual on my team who um, made a, a calculation mistake in some things that were um, very, uh, they had a lot of visibility. And this individual wanted to, I think, make some excuses and, um, you know, had to bring forward the mistake. They wanted to, but they wanted to give a lot of excuses and reasons why and everything. And as we talked about it, this person, I knew one of their values was integrity. And so the question was, would you rather be known for a person that's human and makes mistakes and just owns it, or potentially being someone that, um, you know, is questionable, that, that isn't honest and forthright when they do make a mistake? And the employee said to me, you know what, you're right. I want to be known as someone people can count on, that if I make a mistake, I'll be honest about it. And I want to be, that's how I want others to see me. And so they made that choice then to go forward and own the mistake, which was fine. It really worked out, but it was really daunting and scary at, at the beginning. So just sitting with that person and working through that. And then I think as their, um, as their manager, really supporting them in that and that it was okay to, to show up and have made a mistake, but it was more important to live by your values. Oh, that's a great example. Thank you. Darlene, I really appreciate so many things that you've said because it really resonates with the theme that we are trying to embrace. Uh, meaning, purpose, belonging. And how does that happen individually and how does that happen within an organization? One of the things you said was these people were my shining lights. Yeah. And this idea that meaning we have to align ourselves with something beyond ourselves that gives yeah. us direction. And then we have to have the courage to commit to that alignment. Mm -hmm. um, within each entity, meaning, purpose, belonging, we've kind of broken up three different themes that we're gonna be doing a podcast on, uh, each episode dedicated to one aspect. And so for meaning, we have transcendence, being mm -hmm. able to connect to something greater than ourselves to be that shining light, like what you talked about. Mm -hmm. Clarity, being able to navigate through the pull of all of these other things to find what actually matters. And then alignment, the courage to make those two things connect. Yeah. Um, and how that happens individually and organizationally. I love when you were saying, these things that would happen behind closed doors one-on-one, -on -one, you would then be modeling to a team and, and that role. I was wondering if, if you could just talk about the role 
of a leader in affecting meaning, purpose, belonging, maybe just one of them, but mm -hmm. um, does it feel something like you were well-equipped to do as a leader? Did it come naturally? Were there challenges where it didn't really feel possible that the workplace yeah. could provide that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I will say similar to HR, I didn't set out to be a manager of people. And what happened was that I was given the gift of a really great leader who I reported into. And this woman, um, you know, helped me just grow. She just pushed me just enough that I was a little uncomfortable. She used to say to me, if you're not standing on the edge, about to fall off, you're taking up too much room. <laughs> she was always like, it's gotta be, you gotta live close to the edge. And she just really helped me spread my wings and not be afraid to make mistakes. And she celebrated um, my, what would I say? I would say like the things that I failed in, but the things that I learned from. Um, and she was so great at that and really just gave me this sense of, um, belonging mm. and a sense of like helping me discover who I was in the work, not what I thought was expected of me, but who I was. And in all of that journey, part of what I kept hearing in my personal narrative was I want to do this for others. I, why can't I also live on the edge and give other people this opportunity to explore and to feel supported and to feel like they can spread their wings. Um, and so that was what took me onto the journey of saying, uh, okay, I'm ready. I will, I, I'm ready to step up and lead people and um, hope to create a nurturing, fostering environment for them. And you asked, was it difficult? And absolutely. There were so many times where you scratch your head and you think, I want all the good fuzzy stuff. I don't want, you know, the warm and fuzzy. I don't want to have to get in there and have a really difficult conversation. I don't want to get in there and, um, you know, do the messy, like these people don't want to do what I'm going to ask them to do. I mean, there's so many hard parts in that managing role. Um, and often it made me wonder, I was like, wow, did I, what did I sign up for? But then the magic would happen again, where you'd see that people felt supported and like they did belong who they were was more than enough and they could be that person in the work. And so then I would, you know, you'd be like, okay, I can do this. I can do it again. I can do it. It's the right work. That magic, when you would see somebody stepping into flourishing, mm -hmm. what were some of the signs some of the evidence of that happening oh man they would so come out of their shell and start trusting themselves what I would see is I mean I just I can picture you know a, a few people in particular you just watch them and they they learned to use their voice that was always the biggest you'd be in a room and they would challenge things or they would just offer their perspective or opinion and you'd be like, well, look, look at you, you got to, you know, tell me more what's going on. And, um, they just would really start to, I think, step into their own and you could see their presence was comfortable and calm and, um, they were okay to make mistakes. 
they would venture in and take on new things that they had never done before. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, watching people flourish was, yeah, absolutely my favorite part. And, you know, it's that part where you, I still stay in touch with many of those people because I love seeing how they continue that journey. Reminds me of a patient that was able to get out of a pretty toxic work environment and find a new position at a different company. And it was actually a step up. I was so proud of her. And the first day they're at this meeting, getting to know each other, real light. What did you do this weekend? Kind of a thing. And this guy says, oh, I took my daughter to go see the new Barbie movie. And this patient said, oh, you know, that was very woke of you. Mm. And she didn't realize that it had this political undercurrent. It was, yeah. She just meant that was very progressive. Right. It was really yeah. important. And her boss gets a hold of her and is just like, hey, I'm curious. What did you mean by that comment? Uh-huh. And she explains, you know, her intent. And the boss said, oh, that makes a ton of sense. And that was it. She Googles what it means and realizes it's this politicized word. And then she goes, Dr. B, I'm actually so glad that happened on the first day. Yeah. Because I realized I was in an environment that would weaponize my mistakes. Yeah. I was yeah. In, a, in an environment mm. safe enough for me to just grow. Mm -hmm. And how that really is such an element of flourishing, like you're talking about, that people yeah. can be in this, this environment. And I think that's something that we're really interested in this show is, you know, we do believe meaning, purpose, belonging are or vital ingredients to that milieu, to that environment. But I yeah. think you're spot on that when people are growing, that becomes more evident in the fruits of them being authentic. Yes. Well, and what I love about your example is she made a mistake. And instead of him assuming that it was intentional and in some way meant in a different light, he gave her, he picked up the phone and talked to her. Right. And she was in, and, and I think um, that we're missing that sometimes. Right. And even, uh -huh. I, I mean, it was even just an interesting choice of words. Yeah. How so many things we don't even mean to make a mistake, so to speak. Yes. It's just misinterpretation. And even that yeah. can get shut down. Um, and compromise issues like belonging. Yeah. We feel like we're other. We feel shame. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your, your thoughts, Joe? I What I'm wrestling with is, um, and Carlene, I, I think you've probably run into this where somebody's in a situation where they're not thriving, they're not flourishing. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. in my master's program, especially over your students would come to me and say, how do I know when to leave? It feels like a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, well, like kind of when you start to feel like you're losing your soul, kind of. Yeah. Um, but I, are there times when you just have to, hey, this isn't going to work for me here, or, you know, or I can continue to try to change the the culture, the impact, the environment in some way? Um, how do you kind of know how to coach somebody there? That's just it's such an individual thing, isn't it? And I think it goes back to if you know what you stand for. And you can be really clear about what it is that is not working for you or is working for you. 
every place has its give and take, but I think there are some takes that are more than you can actually do. Um, you are sacrificing what's a lot of times what I would see is people sacrificing what was, um, you know, their priorities in life or really important to them. And in some ways they would feel a little bit stuck. And that is really hard to watch people feel stuck um, and struggle mm -hmm. with where they are and see them. I think if, you know, if you're going to stay someplace, um, it, it's so important to do the best you can to try to figure out what it is that you need to, and what the boundaries are to make that place work for you. Um, I would always say to my team at like, we, you know, I worked at Nike. I was like, Nike is, it's a company and it will take whatever you can give it. It's not a human. And, um, it will, there's no, no one to tell you not to work or to tell you that, um, it's time to stop. You know, you need to go see your family or take care of yourself, whatever it is, those things, um, a company won't tell you that. And so you really have to establish like what, what's important to you and then feel confident that you can ask for that. And if you're not receiving it or supported in it, then I think, Joe, you feel it inside and you probably know it is toxic for me and it is time to go. That's helpful. And I, one of the, the strategies I've seen some people utilize is they need to be in the job they, for whatever reason. It's not a great environment for them in terms of finding expression of their values and beliefs, but they find that kind of meaning purpose outside of work, maybe working at a, you know, volunteering at a nonprofit, whatever it might be. Um, what for you has been the richest part of, of working with Prosperina and the nonprofit you're involved with down in Ecuador? Yeah. Oh, it's such the heart work, isn't it? It's, um, you get to be so creative and really understand what the need is. And then just connect it. I mean, there's a lot of prayer involved in thinking about like, what is this work? And is this work God's work? And how is he guiding us? And how do we serve these people in the right way? And, you know, it's just a different level of um, how we do the work and why we're doing the work. It's so different to do work that isn't about the income mm -hmm. and the money um, or, you know, about growing your career where it's really about serving God's people. Um, I just find that so rewarding. It's, it's such an honor to be able to be at this point in my life where I have capacity to do that mm -hmm. and, yeah. and just really see where you can help others that are in a different situation than we are. Yeah. 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 That's great. How would you, a lot of folks that, that listen to the podcast, are involved in some way, shape, or form with leadership or aspiring to be leaders. What, if any, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a certain amount of reluctance, but in general, what would your advice be for somebody moving into a leadership role in terms of meaning, purpose, belonging, in terms of creating those cultures where yeah. people flourish? Wow, I, for me, the biggest one is to foster trust within your team. Let them know that you, you know, you say what you, you, you say what you mean, you do what you say, um, you are a good listener, you really sit and see them, 
listen to them. You, um, I think, you know, just being somebody that is trustworthy. That's like the, that to me is the ticket to entry. You can't even really start management unless I feel like you can build trust within your team. Huh. Be the best there. And then I believe pieces where servant leadership, where you're thinking about them and how you can grow them and how you can see them flourish is big. I, I worked with so many leaders and so many managers um, over my time and the, there were they had reputations and the ones that people knew were trustworthy and would really see them for what they brought to the team um, and for the human that they were, not just about work, but the human aspect as well. Those people were like talent magnets. They got the best people on their teams, always. They would follow them from other companies or within the company, they would do whatever they could to move to them. And then that leader's job was done. Like they could step back and let that team do the work. I always scratch my head. I'd watch, you know, I'd be like, these other managers are making it so hard for themselves. <laughs> People don't want to work for them, you know, and the ones that just really knew how to connect with people and they trusted them and they saw what they were gifted in and they put them in places to use it and they were flexible with them. They really just supported them. Um, they had, the, I think that's the key to being a great manager, yeah. knowing how to do that. That's really helpful. Just to kind of scope out when you talk about servant leadership, I think it actually frames so well this spectrum between burnout and flourishing yeah because one way to look at that is scarcity versus abundance mm -hmm. right and so much of the toxic leadership and i was in the military for a while um and there's been studies that show people who are promoted through the ranks of certain temperaments certain traits that haven't always been rooted in servant leadership mm -hmm. and it can kind of cultivate this scarcity yeah. But servant leadership is actually demonstrating I have enough so I actually can give. So yes. it's coming from this place of abundance. Yes. And I feel like when we can foster the enoughness, we, when we can foster the abundance, when we can foster the love, that automatically tips us into this mindset that is ready to receive flourishing. Yeah. And just kind of how elemental that is. I, I really appreciate that you said that because it, it frames well um, this dichotomy between burnout and flourishing and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I when you say abundance, what I also think of with servant leaders is there's a calm confidence about them often. They are comfortable enough with what they know and what they know about their employees that they can step back. And, um, you, you know, they, they put their employees in, in the front and you just feel that it's just mm -hmm. such a different, it's a really, um, yeah, you see it and you know it clearly that that's what's happening for a leader and that's how they're operating. Yeah, that makes sense. And something I gotta say, ever since I've known you, there's, there's always a, a joyfulness about your spirit. And, you know, I just, I've seen you, I mean, you've worked in a variety of settings and a variety of, of situations that are, I'm sure at times have been tough. How have you maintained that joy? 
because that is to me is an indicator of flourishing, you know, and it's, yeah. it's just what, what you're like to be around. I mean, it's just positive. It's up. It's, it's joyful. Well, what a nice um, comment, Joe, or perspective. I so appreciate that. Um, I, I don't know where it comes from. I suppose it comes from um, having faith and knowing what I stand for. And that, you know, when you live into that, uh, I feel aligned mm-hmm. with, you know, where I'm spending my time, what I'm doing. It's not perfect, though, Joe. So, <laughs> um times when I can feel it you know and I always do it like this it's like it's off whatever's going on is off and I can feel that when it's off and then I have to really like do some thinking about and praying about like what is that what's um what's disconnecting right now and how do I put that back together and uh yeah certainly not perfect but it's something I strive for yeah, yeah, I can tell. So, Beck, any last questions before we wrap up? Um, well, just this beautiful case study, so to speak. Um, if we run water through the pipes, as one of my patients likes to say, when we look at your life um, from a values, from a meaning perspective, it sounds like in your journey, you've been able to transcend um, for some people that is faith for some people that's something beyond them that inspires them but you have been able to transcend have clarity on your values and mm-hmm. commit to them through alignment mm-hmm. and then i i like to say that you know purpose is meaning with legs mm-hmm. right we have our meaning we can align but then when we put energy into that alignment and actually do there's purpose and so we will be talking this um, season about agency, about action, about mastery, all these elements of purpose. And it sounds like you've been able to find that with this nonprofit that you've been working with. Yeah. It actually puts legs to the meaning. Yeah. Um, and then I, I reflect a lot of what you've been saying just to frame it um, with working with people and the importance of servant leadership and um, trust, some of the aspects that we'll be talking about as far as belonging go have to do with safety, Mm -hmm. have to do with authenticity, have to do with connection. Yeah. These are all buckets that hold some of these things that came up today. Um, So I, I think it's really exciting seeing sort of the proof in the pudding. Um, Yeah and how you've been able to pull that together in your life and how you help others do the same thing with the executive coaching that you do and the other ways that you manifest all your talents, I think is real exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I feel fortunate to have um, discovered what I get excited about and what I believe is my purpose and then to have the opportunity to actually do work that involved it. And I hope that for others. Yeah, well, and I think that's going to be central to this direction that we're going is really asking ourselves, what is the role of an organization? Can it feasibly help people attain more meaning, more purpose, more belonging? Um, And if so, how? 
So thank you for sharing elements of your story and, and how that's been made possible and how it's also a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Arlene, any closing words that you'd like to share? No, I just thank you for including me in your conversation. And um, I'm so glad that you're doing this journey for others because I think it is a really important conversation in society right now. It's such a big part of what people are wrestling with. And really, I think um, having a place they can come and talk about it and just explore it is really valuable. Well, thank you. I, I was looking forward to this and you don't disappoint and uh, you just bring so much wisdom and good energy and i appreciate that someone wanted to follow up in some way shape or form is linkedin a good way to do it or yeah absolutely i'm on linkedin carlene elliott got it got yeah it. thank you true pleasure absolutely thank you so um i'm anxious to get bex uh, sort of take on on the interview with Marlene. I, you know, I've known her for a number of years, and she's as positive as she sounds when you're around her, and she's managed to maintain that throughout her career. And that's my question to her about joyfulness, which she always gives expression to. Um, like, how do you do that? You know, and and being around her kind of inspires me to to recognize that it is possible to experience joy even in difficult situations and so but the practicality of of her stories and and her advice i think sort of stood out to me as well as something that i think anybody can use and use to implement if they're trying to improve the workplace what landed on you yeah i mean i'm always trying to question okay how does that work when it's not working mm -hmm. and so i appreciated that you asked that and i feel like that's probably something that anybody in leadership within organizations faces and individuals who are working for organizations face, um, you know, what happens when the values of the organization don't align with the values of the person? Mm -hmm. And how can you try to address that and negotiate a way forward? And I know you asked that Joe, but I, um, I just am really wrestling with that because she did eventually find this nonprofit that she works for. You know, there is this other avenue that really aligns her values. Uh, and I think a lot of people, at least in my world, are wrestling with, do I need to leave my job to find that? Or can I find that within my job? And so for me, it actually just, resonated even further the question of is this the role of the organization because so many people i think are at that inflection point yeah and it's i i i go back to my dad i remember he had multiple jobs and it was never about me and purpose it was just right. something we did you know and at five o'clock or whatever he'd come home and usually work at night too at another job but um there wasn't that sense i think he found me and purpose and his family um, you know, we did a lot of home improvement stuff for us and worked on cars and everything else. And I think those things provided like purpose and meaningfulness. And and in the family situation, because we have a big extended family, um, he would do the parties, the get togethers. He loved that and entertain and stuff, he and my mom. And I think there was that sense of belonging there that he discovered. And 
and, and felt rewarded by, you know, but it wasn't work, that's for sure, because that was simply a job. And that's the shift, I think, that that's happened in the last 30, 40 years as people seek to find some of those things in their work. And uh, that's exciting. I think it's going to transform the workplace even more than it has been changed, you know, so um, we'll see. But I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed her commentary and I still have a lot of questions that I'll look forward to asking with, with future guests and stuff. So speaking of which, could you introduce our, our next sort of segment or guest? Sure. So we're going to be jumping right into meaning and meaning as we alluded to, we're breaking down into three parts, transcendence, connecting to something that's greater than ourselves, that inspires us so that we know what our values are, which is the second point, which is clarity, understanding what those values are, and then lastly, alignment. So we're starting with transcendence and we have a wonderful guest coming, um, Dr. Lisa Miller. She's from Columbia University, has spent a couple decades researching spirituality and mental health and brings with her a large display of Ivy League research that substantiates how important connecting to something beyond ourselves is and how that can invigorate our lives and protect us from a lot of things like burnout. And so um, we are really looking forward to our conversation with her. She has a, a book called The Awakened Brain that I just finished. And um, if anybody wants to pre-read and get gold star points, um, we'll be talking about a lot of the content from that. Excellent. That's and that's the level, of, you know, this year, I mean, we're excited about, I think, is um, Carlene is our lead off hitter kind of, and and Dr. Miller next next segment. I, it's just going to be great. So uh, hopefully, listeners, you're enjoying this and, and finding value and give us feedback. Uh, we'd be open to any kind of feedback. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And Beck, how's it good for people to connect with you? Yeah, so this year we have a wonderful way to connect. Please go to www.leading-deeply.com. So that's leading-deeply.com. And it'll take you right to our website. There will be a place for you to sign up for our newsletter. We want to be sending you more content, deeper content on these topics that we're talking about, and we really look forward to connecting. So please do that today. Thank you, thank you. I would offer some 25% discount, but I'm not sure what we would sell. But uh, but thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to our, our next program. And uh, uh, we just appreciate you and, and your, your willingness to be part of this. So thank you, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Thank you.